don't recognize me? <laughs> That's scary. Kind of flickered. I wonder if it's a loose connection or something. Touch my finger to the flame. So how are you doing with this whole social distancing thing? If you're like me, you're pretty much done with it. I mean, many of you know that I'm an introvert, and as an introvert, I kind of like having times alone, times away. But I got to tell you, after a couple of days of this social distancing, I was pretty much done with it. And even though there is now a socially acceptable term 
for what introverts need, social distancing. This has been going on way too long. And I just miss you. I miss you. I miss seeing your face. I miss your smile. I miss being able to give you hugs. I miss being able to shake your hand. I just miss being able to spend time with you. And I'm really looking forward to a time when we'll be able to gather back together again. Now, I want to share with you three simple little things that I know. The first thing that I know, I know that I do not know how much longer social distancing is going to last. I know that. I also know that in the weeks to come, when it becomes clearer, I will quickly share with you what that means to our church. And I know that when the time comes when we can gather back together uh, for public worship, I am going to be so excited, uh, excited to see you, to be able to spend time with you again. Now, today we're continuing in this series of sermons that we've entitled Unafraid, Living with Courage and Hope. As we turn our attention to a fear that a lot of people don't really like to talk about, it's one that we kind of hide in the shadows. I call this the fear of others. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Fear can be defined as an emotional response to a perceived danger. This emotional response impacts our behaviors, fight or flight. And when fear is what motivates our behavior, often our behavior does not represent our best self. One of the ways that we experience fear is what I call the fear of others. It is a part of our world, it's a part of our culture, it impacts our lives. And if we look at history, we can see that that fear of others motivated behavior that did not represent the best of people. In fact, at times it represented the worst of humanity. But the fear of others is not just something of the past. It continues to this day. A couple of years ago, Baylor University did a study, a survey was a part of that. The survey was called The Fear of Others. The results was very interesting. What they found was that 44% of conservative Christians said that they believed Muslims were a threat to their safety. 23% of Roman Catholics said that Muslims were a threat to their safety, and 22% of Mainline Protestants said that Muslims were a threat to their safety. They also learned that 24% of African Americans believe that atheists are a threat to their safety. And 31% of atheists believe that conservative Christians are a threat to their safety. 21% of Jews believe conservative Christians are a threat to their safety. And get this, 20% of mainline Protestant Christians believe that conservative Christians are a threat to their safety. Now, when it comes to discrimination, 55% of white Americans said they believed that they had experienced discrimination in their life, while 92% of African Americans said that they had been discriminated against and they could tell stories about their experiences of discrimination. Likewise, 90% 
of gay, lesbian, and transgendered people said that they had been discriminated against and had stories that they could tell. This fear of the other is a part of our world. It's a part of our culture. It impacts our lives. And at times like this, times of rapid change, you know, with the impact that the pandemic is having upon our lives, things that we sometimes are able to hide behind our politeness start to show. We see it in how it is that Asian Americans are responded to. The Asian Pacific Policy and Planning Council launched a website on March 19th. The purpose of the website was so that Asian Americans could self-report their threats and discrimination that had been perpetrated against them. In the first couple of weeks of that website being up, they had over 1,100 reports of threats to Asian Americans coming from 46 different states in our country. Reports like a young girl being, Asian American girl being pushed off of her bicycle in a public park, or an Asian American couple being spit on by other people at a grocery store as they were told they were the reason the coronavirus existed. Obviously, this fear of others continues. Jerry and I live in Piccoli Ranch, and if you know that area of Las Vegas, there's a green belt that kind of runs through the community. And our house backs up to that green belt. So Jerry and I can sit out in our backyard, and we can see people taking walks. For several years, it was like clockwork. There'd be two Asian-American couples who would be walking together down the green belt. It was like clockwork until six weeks ago. In the last six weeks, we have not seen them walking in the green belt one time. What's the change? Maybe their own concerns over how they'll be treated. Maybe. I don't know the reason for this. But I do know that Asian-American people in our own congregation have shared with me how it is that they have been treated since the advent of COVID-19. This is a part of our world, a part of our culture. It impacts our lives, the fear of other people. A while back, I read an interesting article that comes from Psychology Today, where they kind of reminded us that the tribe of people we associate with, there's a correlation between the tribe of people we associate with and who or what we fear. By tribe of people, I mean, you know, our people, whoever you would say are your people. For me, my tribe would be the Devereaux, and there's a lot of us, so it's a pretty big tribe of people. But we all have more than one tribe. I'm also a part of this congregation, and so this congregation is a tribe of people, my people. My tribes kind of intersect a little bit, but different gatherings of different people. Psychology Today wanted us to remember that the tribe of people we associate with, that is a correlation between that tribe and what it is that we fear. And we know that's true. We can just think about politics, for instance. What the tribe of people called Republicans are concerned about and what they fear is very different from the tribe of people called Democrats and what they're concerned about and what they fear. Now, back in the time of Jesus, 
people were gathered together in tribes, and there was a correlation between the tribes people belonged to and what it was that they feared. We can think, for instance, of Jews and Samaritans in the time of Jesus. They didn't like each other. We know that. Now, Samaria was right in the middle between Galilee and Judea. And a good Jewish man or woman traveling from Galilee down to Jerusalem or back would walk several days out of her or his way to avoid stepping foot in Samaria, to avoid being in contact with a Samaritan. That's how much they hated each other, that they would willingly give up several days of their life just to not see each other. They hated each other. And there is a relationship between hate and fear. Now, Jesus was a Jew, but he did not associate with Jews who had that fear. Instead, as a Jew, Jesus set out to start a new tribe of people, inviting people to be a part of that tribe. And in the process of inviting people to be a part of that tribe, he tried to break down all those barriers of fear that have been established in other tribes. As he would say that in this tribe, we do not fear, instead we love. When Jesus walked from Galilee down to Jerusalem, he didn't walk around Samaria. He walked right through Samaria. And he stopped and he engaged with Samaritans, had conversations with Samaritans, invited Samaritans to become part of his tribe, what we call the people of God or Christians. This is what Jesus did. He invited people to become part of a new tribe, the people of God, Christians. And this tribe was to include people who otherwise would never really associate with one another. And so we think of this tribe of Christians and how it includes Jews and Samaritans and Gentiles, young and old, men and women, people of different races, different cultures, different genders, different orientations, all gathering together as one people, as one tribe, Jesus' tribe, the people of God. And Jesus wanted his tribe to understand that being a part of his tribe meant we would not be motivated by fear of other people. But instead, we would be motivated by love for other people. He demonstrated this as he healed people. For example, the stories of him healing people who had leprosy. Back then, leprosy was thought of maybe kind of like COVID-19 is thought of today in that if somebody had leprosy, they were separated from the rest of the community. In those days, that meant that they were often having to live outside of the city walls, and they had to distance themselves from other people. So much so that, that if somebody who had leprosy saw another person walking toward them, they had to announce their condition. They would have to bow their head, and they would say, leper, leper, leper just to make certain that nobody got close to them. But in the Gospel of Matthew, we see Jesus heal a man with leprosy, touching the man to bring about healing. And in so doing, he demonstrates for us that we are not motivated by fear of other people, but rather we are motivated by love for other people. 
that our concern is for other people's well-being. It's a part of being in this tribe, the Christian tribe. Now, Jesus also wanted us to know that though we might be part of a lot of other tribes, that the Christian tribe was to be our primary tribe. In Matthew chapter 6, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. That being a Christian and being part of this tribe is our primary tribe in that it's supposed to influence how we act in all of our other situations, all of our other tribes. So, for instance, I'm part of the Devereaux tribe. But how I engage as a Devereaux in the Devereaux tribe comes from me first and foremost being a Christian. Likewise, I'm part of a political party, but how I vote is not motivated by fear, but rather is motivated by my understanding of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. He is my primary tribe, and he wants us to understand that being a part of his movement, being a Christian, part of the people of God, is to make that our primary tribe. It influences every single aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our lives. And so, and so today, we're living in a pretty difficult time. It's a time of social distancing, a time where there's certainly a lot of fear around us, and a lot of confusion as well. And it can be difficult for us to know how it is that we as Christians are supposed to live and respond to what's happening all around us. It can be extremely challenging. But what we need to remember is that however it is we're responding, our motivation has to always be love, not fear. And the difference between those two is huge. Just take the practice of social distancing, for instance. If social distancing is motivated by fear then the reason that I am staying distant from other people is because I don't want you to impact my life in any negative kind of way. The focus is on me and what's most important to me and my life. But that's not how it works in Jesus' tribe. In Jesus' tribe, we're motivated by love. And so, and so the practice of social distancing is about what's best for other people. I keep my distance not out of fear of what might happen to me, but out of concern for your well-being. Reality is, I still have to go to the grocery store and pick up groceries. I don't think I've been exposed to anything, but who, who really knows for certain? I'm not going to take a chance of doing anything that could be harm to you. You can see the difference there. The difference between, between being motivated by fear and motivating by, motivated by love is huge. The difference is as big as the focus being on my life versus my focus being on your life and your well-being. Now, in this time of social distancing, when we're staying at home and not getting out a whole lot, it's a good time for us to be thinking about what does it look like for our actions to be motivated by love? What is love going to look like in this kind of time? Certainly there are easy answers to that question. There can be answers like, 
I'm going to check on my neighbor to make sure they're doing okay. I'm going to make a phone call to somebody who might need to hear a friendly voice. I'm going to give some money to make certain that the families that we're helping through Family Promise have their needs met or that we have food for folks who are hungry out in Sandy Valley. Or I'm going to participate in Hope for 100, which is a project we're going to announce next Sunday in church. There's simple ways that we can be demonstrating the love that we have for one another. But pushing that a little bit further, are there times where we are afraid of others? And if so, what might it look like for our actions toward them to be motivated by love? That's an important question. It's a Christian question. It's a question that is each of ours to answer right now what does it look like for how i'm living my life to be motivated by love and while we're thinking about that question while we're thinking about that question there's going to come a point in time when we're able to gather back together again in public worship and so we can apply that same question what will love look like when we can finally gather back together again. What will it look like for my concern to be first and foremost for your well-being? We need to be thinking about that. We need to be praying about that because it'll probably look different than it did a couple of months ago. We are invited to be a part of a tribe, Jesus tribe is called the people of God. Our Christian life intersects every aspect of our lives because this is our primary tribe. And at the heart of living our Christian life, we find that our lives are to be motivated not by fear, but by love, love for others. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Was it all right? Simple little sermon. I got it. You know, it was better than when I wrote it. So it was just the hardest sermon of all to write. Brutal. But I think it came out right. So. Because I have to what? No. No, the message is so simple, I ought to be able to say it in 30 seconds and you get it. <laughs> Pap. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I did take out, Republicans are, are, uh, are afraid of, of um, immigration. And was there one other thing? Democrats are afraid of Donald Trump. That's what showed up in the poll. 